Welcome back to Square Horror. I'm your Duke of Smook, Danny. I'm a very allergy-ridden master of ceremonies, so I'm going to be a little bit quieter on this, on this episode. <laughs> Uh, and with us today we have JC. What are you looking at me for? I, I don't know. <laughs> what are you looking at me? I'm like, okay. okay, so I mean, what are we covering today, Danny? Uh, today we're going to be covering the 2009 <clears throat> movie Orphan. Yeah, Orphan. Uh, come for the creepy Russian child, stay for the surprisingly compelling depiction of parental grief. Uh, otherwise, uh, Orphan, black lights have never been more sinister. Um... <laughs> So, we've been talking about doing this episode for many, many months, specifically with you, JC, because this is the movie that you have you have gone on record numerous times and saying that it's... What would you describe it as? What is, what is this movie to you? Um, psychologically freaky. That's the best I got. It really messes with my head. It's not like jump scares, it's just like psychologically it freaks me out. I mean, I can absolutely say that. You, how old were you when you watched this for the first time? I had to be like ten years old. Perfect. Amazing. <laughs> Great. I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, ten year ten year old is the age of I think all the most of the kids in the movie too. So you're like looking at it like you're right there too. I mean, how is that in retrospect? Like you said, you watched this movie the other day too. So like, was there any? change or was, was there like did it get scarier does it, I say, does it still mess yeah with does you? it still um, hold up i feel like not as much because like when i first watched it i really was like i don't trust any kids anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, how old are you really like <laughs> <laughs> that's the part that gets me the most well and we were kind of talking about that with children of the corn the other week where it seems like for that one a lot of people that first watched that were the same thing, where they just didn't trust children to not, I guess, suddenly murder. Everyone. murder. Yeah, just suddenly kill everyone they found. Um, I, I think I'd only seen this movie, like, one other time, full on, mm-hmm. and it was, like, eight years ago. And you said the same thing, Danny, but, like, when I was watching it, I, like, forgot 80% of it. Except that end yeah. twist. Like, that was the only thing that really stuck with me for the entire in a decade past since I've been like, oh, yeah, I know about Orphan. But, like, I guess I didn't. Because yeah. I didn't remember a lot of it. Um, Danny, what about you? Was this the first time you saw it? or was So, I think I'd seen this once or twice before. I saw this back, like, my freshman year of high school the first time. And then I think I watched it again my senior year around Halloween because I really enjoyed it and, yeah, it did fuck with me. But then it's been, what, five years since I saw it that last time, so I had forgotten pretty much everything except for the twist at the end. Now, when you say enjoy it, what do you mean? So, okay. <laughs> okay. Listen, it's, so, I'm not, I'm not like, trying to trap you. I'm just I genuinely know. curious as to what that means. But, yeah, me. so I feel like this was the first movie that had a twist that genuinely got me and I never would have seen coming when I was younger because I felt like at that point I had seen most of like the classic horror movies where you knew the twist if there was one Mm -hmm. and so this was the first one that really took me by surprise and so it has like a little special place in my heart and I love the psychological terror throughout this that um, Esther puts on her mom throughout (laughs) JC just recoiled (laughs) No, I think that's a that's an absolutely great point, and it speaks a lot to like the tone of, of the whole thing. Um, I really didn't think I was going to find a lot of depth 
to this movie, and I did. There was a surprising amount, just even in the first 20 minutes before you even see Esther at all. Like, like I said, it's a, I think, very stark, you know, depiction of parents in mourning, especially, um, Kate is her name, the mother, right? Yeah. Her Formiga. Uh, she, she's lost a, she's lost a child in, uh, in utero, and... It's her third. It's, yeah, it's her third, yes, but, and it's also her confronting, like, alcoholism, her, her, her perceived inadequacies as a mom, so all of those things are, like, seasoned right at the beginning, and they're just so that you know that they're buttons that people can push, and you're right on that psychological aspect, both of you are, where it's like pushing those buttons um, is where the terror comes from. And we know as the observer that, like, this is not, you know, gas... Like, this is all varsity-level gaslighting. But, you know, we know that the mom is not crazy. We know that this is... This is fucked up. We just don't know how fucked up, yeah. really, until towards the end, which we talked about earlier this morning, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I feel like this movie has some of those uh, omen tendencies between the couple where the dad just doesn't want to believe that the child can be this awful... Yeah. And the mom is just kind of forced to deal with the realities of the horror that this kid brings upon their lives. I was really pulling for Peter Sarsgaard early on, and then he just becomes a, a like a complete short-sighted like he completely flips uh in terms of how he like supports his wife, which is a bummer because right when like she needs him to be there for her and believe her like it it confirms like all of her anxieties as to what's happening to her life uh and i don't think that it's fair that it's vera formiga again i feel like every time we see her she's like a mom in distress or like some horrible thing is happening to her uh yeah because she's in the conjuring movies um god i literally can't even think of other just so many things Bates motel um and Peter Sarsgaard was just in the Batman. Um, right. He's been in the Looming Tower. He's also, like, both of them together have been in too many things for me to list, so I didn't list any of them. <laughs> <laughs> Especially because I forgot that they were in it at all. Because mm-hmm. I forgot, like I said, so much stuff. Um, what did you retain the most, both of you guys? Like, I guess we already kind of talked a little bit about the twist, but, like, is there anything else that kind of stuck out, like, through all that time? For either one of y'all. I guess for me, the thing that really stuck with me is I had seen The Hunger Games, like, right before I watched this the first time. Right. So seeing her as the evil, like, one of the district murderers in the games, and then seeing her as a child... Yeah, she was in Hunger Games. Yeah. She was the you one were that tried to... to that, yeah. Yeah, she was the one who tried to kill Katniss She's the one with the knives. Um, yeah, she's the one who like, killed Rue. I don't know how that, much that... No, because uh, Jack Quaid killed Rue. That's Jack right, she was, the, she was the one who got murdered because Rue was dead. Yeah, she got... If I remember the book correctly, she gets her like head bashed in with a rock yeah. by the guy that like came to the games with Rue, and he's like, hey, I won't kill you because you tried to save... Mm-hmm. But he just showed up and like beat her head in with a rock. Yeah. But, yeah, that's the girl. Yeah, and so then I saw her in this, and... <laughs> Though that combination just really made me distrust this actress until I got older and realized it was acting. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, what about you, JC? I don't know. Like, the dad just really frustrated me the whole way through the movie. Truly. Like, 
I just don't like guys who make women think they're crazy. And he did literally that. Yeah. So I was so frustrated. So, like, by the end, like, I didn't really feel bad for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Honestly. No. It really wasn't until he was, like, drunk that he was like, wait a minute. Was I wrong? I'm like, yes. Yeah. Oh, so that part. Yes. I, I've got a note about so that later. <laughs> yeah. Like, I straight up was watching that scene and I'm like, there's no way this is as far as they went in the initial draft. And I was totally right. Like the first thing I like read about the movie is they're like, that scene was actually significantly cut down. I'm like, yeah, I could tell. They didn't seem to be pulling any punches with that as a aspect of their character. Yeah. All right. You want to get into this? Yeah, let's get into this movie. Okay. Uh, well, actually, before we do, let's get into the director and right. writers. Right, right. Uh, so this was directed by... Oh, God, I'm going to mispronounce this yeah, name. Please go right ahead and try uh, to pronounce this guy's name. Jaume Colette Serra. Yes. I think. Yeah, he's a uh, he's a Spanish director <clears throat> who went to Colombia. So, like, he's best of Europe to the best of America in terms mm-hmm. of putting movies together. Yeah, and so he uh, started off making Enrique, Enrique Iglesias... Uh, videos. Yeah, it, his first credit on IMDb is actually an Enrique Iglesias music video, which happens a lot, as we see on this show, is it's like, whoever directed, like, The Crow, like, all they did beforehand was, like, The Cure music videos, and, like, typo negative the stuff, and I'm like, yeah. to horror movie direction is, it's a real pipeline. Yeah, it's very yeah. astonishing how many people go both ways. <laughs> and actually... His uh, upcoming movie is the new DC Black Adam movie. With yeah, with The, the Rock. Rock. He also did a couple of those um, mid-2000s post-Taken Liam Neeson action movies. Mm. Like Taken on a Plane and Taken on a Train. I don't remember what their names are. But, <laughs> but that's what yeah. they boil down to. Vera Farmiga's in one of them, too. <laughs> is she really? Yeah, I don't, it's one of the two. <laughs> um, the writers are, I think, just as cool um, history-wise as the, as the director. Um, it was both of their first projects. Like, the guy that's credited with the story and the guy that's credited with the screenplay. Um, the guy that does the story, all of his writing credits are this and the sequel of this, okay. which we will talk about towards the end of this. Um, but the other guy went on to write Wrath of the Titans, both of the Aquaman movies, like the DC okay. Aquaman movies. Uh, he wrote The Conjuring 3. He's also credited as an executive producer and a writer for the new Orphan movie as well. Okay. There's a new one? It hasn't come out you yet. You told me about this yeah, originally. They're making a pre- uh, prequel. Yeah, it's a prequel. Oh, wait, maybe I do remember that. It was, like a, it was like two years ago, too. Like, I remember hearing about this, like, first of all, from you, but also just for years, I remember, like, they're making another orphan movie, and I'm like, oh, no. how? And also, why? <laughs> well, and as we'll get into, and we've all just recently seen it, it's the first family. That's what the movie is oh, about. Yeah. So the one where she wins, that's the, that's that movie. So, yes, exactly. exactly. <laughs> so where she gets everything she wants, which is very frustrating and gross, and I maybe don't want to see it. <laughs> um, but in that movie, Julia Stiles is the mom, and Julia Stiles we just talked about on our Omen episode mm-hmm. as probably another out-of-touch, hold on a minute, is my kid trying to kill me? <laughs> Round two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we already talked about Peter Sarsgaard and Vera Farmiga. They're the uh, they're the parents of this family in this movie. Um, <clears throat> I found out a lot more about Vera Farmiga for this movie. She could actually play the piano like that well. 
Like she's been studying it for years to the I'm point so, that I'm so glad that both the Warrens in the Conjuring can play <laughs> instruments really well. I sometimes forget that Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga are not actually married. Yeah, <laughs> they're just always like characters that would be great together. So I'm always, are they actually married? No, they're not. Um, but she wrote actually conducted that like um that like piano piece that she plays in the movie because she can actually like do all of that stuff like crazy music theory stuff and apparently it was all about like the song that she was making was like a longer scene where she was basically making this like big concerto type piece about her um her deceased baby and they cut it down and she got pissed because she's like this is important to like the the depth of this character and while i agree there's i think significant enough to uh to really feel for her loss as Mm -hmm. as a as a mom uh, it's something that I obviously will not n- nearly come to grips with unless I'm a parent and unfortunately have this happen. But the way that they write her character, I think, does a lot of respect to people that have lost children, especially in the context of it being this creepy, gross horror movie. Mm-hmm. It actually has a little bit more respect than you would expect um, for source material like this. Um I don't know. Sometimes I kind of like when horror movies kind of make it like, yeah, we can talk about this without it being like, isn't it horrible? Yeah, exactly. Or like too gratuitous. Yeah. Like they do it, they handle it very, very well. Um, so I will skip that next note. (laughs) Uh, so just like the Omen, which we talked about a couple weeks ago, all of these evil child movies tend to have, a common overlapping theme of parents implicitly trusting kids to just be innocent and to not have any sort of problems, but the problems of where they came from are the only explanation as to how they could be so terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Esther's from some weird orphanage, question mark, in Russia. Like, Europe. We're talking... No one really knows actually where she's from. Mm-hmm. She's just here, and she's a little off, but that's completely explainable with, oh, well, she just came from some other country. Things are weird over there, right? Yeah, I mean, that'll separate the orphans, I guess, a little bit. <laughs> I guess I'm just trying to find how, like, people like us, if we saw kids that were maybe because of movies like this one, we ever just were like, no... That kid's giving me a bad vibe. He would just leave, right? Like, <laughs> like, yeah, like, they were so orphanage. trusting. Like, they had no, like, second guesses or anything. They were just like, yep, that's the one. Like, they didn't look into <laughs> anything. <Yeah. laughs> like, like, I don't know much about adoption, but I'm sure it's not that easy, right? No. Come on. Well, and, like, See you in three weeks. Like, I'm like, three weeks? Wait a minute. And you mentioned this to me earlier. It's... It's always a bad sign when you go to an orphanage and you're getting ready to adopt a kid <laughs> and the person who's running the adoption went go, kind of goes, are you sure about that? Yeah. Also, red flag that she's just like sitting by herself yeah. away from everybody Articulate else. orphans are a red flag. If they, can, <laughs> if they don't sound like children, it's probably because something horrible happened to them and they're like really mature. For some dark reason. Right, I mean that my mind doesn't always jump to that, but yeah, I'm at least like I'm not sure. Yeah, like straight up it was like amazing artists, like how at nine years old do you have that much practice? Well and she Is that how old she is? 
Yes, she's, she's supposed to be. Yeah, nine well, years yeah. old. So, yeah. Yes. Um, her paperwork has her at nine. I'm sure it's the same as like every year that she's in the orphanage. Like, oh, Esther turned uh, nine, I guess. Like, it's just she never <laughs> ages up. Uh, but yeah, like on that note, I was like. The, the whole movie up until then, I was very trusting of their whole, like, oh, they're actually kind of building these characters well. And then the dad finds Esther upstairs, and eventually the mom and the nun come upstairs with her. And the nun has, like, she, like, recoils a little bit. And I'm like, that's right there. If the nun recoils... That is the biggest of red flags. Don't pick that one. <laughs> okay, I just thought about this. Do we know how long she was at that specific orphanage? Because, like... I don't think so. We don't... I... So here's how I've always thought about this. I think she moves to a different orphanage every year. See, that's what I'm wondering like, because she's that's obviously how not she gonna can... age. So like, did they? Did anybody ever question that? Like, I, I mean, I honestly, know, yeah, it's a great question. <laughs> a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> I, well, because she had been with that first family that mysteriously died in a house fire, um, and then she came there. So where, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> where the, this family found her? So. I, I don't know exactly when they said that crime took place because they did say like oh this happened this many years ago or something. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure if we did like math about it, we could figure. I say out. maybe they'll answer that in the prequel about yeah I, I'm how sh- often yeah she changes orphanages because prequels are really really good at making continuity stick. They've mm-hmm. never not been good, <laughs> good at that. Um, on the orphanage note though I, I think it's a little nice to see an orphanage that's not like a creepy desolate mansion like in the weird like bad side of a city mm-hmm. it's like a normal looking like Building. facility yeah. in like a reasonable neighborhood because like kids have it tough already like in orphanages and, and whatnot that has it tough already like just the stigma of that like we don't need to know that all of them come from like a creepy looking like jail mansion mm-hmm. like a normal house is good and, and appropriate even though it's you know she lives there yeah <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> i forgot i said this so on your note of the the parents were just like blindly trustworthy most movies that have like ghosts like hauntings like the conjuring is a good example the family moves into that house they're all like oh man we're so excited and then they turn around and their dog is looking up like, no, no, mm-mm, no, this is the wrong. the dogs know better. Yeah, and they're like, come on in, and it like doesn't budge. And it's like, no, I'm not going to do that. Daniel is the dog in this family. Because <laughs> he looks at her and he's, no. And it's not like in the, ew, she's different way. It's like, you guys don't get the vibe that she's like not See, all there. At first I thought it was just because like he was fighting for like their right. attention. But mm-hmm. like. Now that you say that, yeah, he is a dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, because he does have, like, the, the typical, like, sibling rivalries type stuff, but, like, it, it's less, like, he is more or less, like, noticing that it, that she is actively taking attention. Like, he's not like, oh, I want it. He's like, wait, hold up. I'm, I've been in this family before, and, like, this is new. This is, like, something this is else. Wonky. I feel like yeah. he's, like, the most intuitive out of all of them. Like, right. he just knew from the start. Yeah, man. He's got the the best um, the best head on his shoulders just because... Uh, well, he also has the benefit of, like, he makes the, like, stupid kid idea, and, like, he shoots a pigeon or whatever with a paintball gun, and, mm-hmm. like, you're, you pretty much killed that pigeon. But she's like, kill it. 
finish what you started. And he's like, wait, whoa, no, 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 no. And then she just did it and then left. And he's like, wait, can we talk about this? That's not a normal thing. <laughs> that's that's just not okay. Well, Max did the same that. thing, but she just hides behind, like, sus eyes. Like, the whole her whole character is staring. Like, <laughs> mm. I don't know about all this, but I'm going to... I'm gonna go with what well, you and say. She's like, and Max is like five, right? I think so. So like, she's also the younger, more impressionable one, whereas Daniel's a little bit older. So Which he, Esther knew. She that, knew what well, she was And doing. she learned yeah. sign language right away, so that only Did she, she really learned it. That I feel like she had to already know. I mean, well, but or yeah, like for pretend, sure. Yeah. Like the piano, like, yeah. She pretended like she didn't know, but she did know. Yeah. Mm. Um, in any case, I feel though that like she used that to isolate her because that was they could communicate. She could. She has shown like, look, I learned this mm-hmm. for you, so I want to bond, and it's all just to be like, I need you to be an accomplice to my many crimes. <laughs> <laughs> that she is like, that kid needs therapy. All right, I mean, all of them do now, but like that one specifically, Max is the one that like saw all of this, witnessed the family turn on her mother, knowing full well that this was, like, all part of Esther's plan. Mm-hmm. But she just, like, I don't know how to do this. I'm, I'm five. I don't know yeah. how to, like... I thought it was really cool how they had her, like, draw all the pictures to show all the different things that Esther did. Yeah, yeah. And that was effective. She was, um... She's definitely, like, the good, uh, like, she's, like, the witness to all of them, but Mm -hmm. it's the first person to jump on her to control the narrative is Esther. So, it's that coupled with, well, Esther cares about me, so she couldn't possibly want to hurt anybody else, and it's just, how long does that lie work? Yeah. I think it stops working right away when they're like, look, a gun, I'll shoot you in the fucking face, child. I'm like, wait! (laughs) And I literally had a note where I'm like, wait! Yeah, she's like, well, she like dumps all the bullets out, like straight up Russian roulette, and just points it straight at this kid's face, and she's like, want to play? The kid's like, no, no. But me, I'm like, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> like it just all like they were looking for the keys to trios, and she all of a sudden like, hmm, I found a gun. You ready to die? Yeah. Like, wait, whoa! I thought we were helping each other out here. Thought we had an understanding. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh. I'll talk a bit for a sec. Just I love that it's set in winter. Something about it's just so creepy and and I don't know. Did anyone else get so, that vibe? Like I don't know. It just I feels feel like creepy. something I've always really loved about like winter horror is kind of the um, I don't know what word I'm looking for, but like the opposites of the white snow and the darkness of what's happening in the movie, especially in this, right. which maybe sometimes is metaphorical darkness and sometimes it is just real dark moments right. and i've always loved how that opposite plays off of each other and it's not so much in this one but i do love in winter horror movies when you see like nice snow and, and then the blood. blood splatter <laughs> classic Ugh. shots we're gonna get that a lot in the next movie that we're gonna cover too Heck plenty yeah. of winter blood imagery yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh apparently that winter was not even supposed to be part of the movie at all like, they were shooting in the fall in uh, Vancouver or something in Canada. Because originally they were going to have a scene where there was, like, a Halloween festival, like, at the kids' school. And, like, God knows what would have happened there. But um, 
it's there was a huge snowstorm like right when they were gonna start shooting exterior shots and they're like let's just make it in winter which I think was a great boon to all of them mm-hmm. in the long run because one of the scariest things about Esther for me is her tiny little like doll like outfits that she has like it's all very it's all like too constructed and too surface level to like be anything anybody would wear ever Mm -hmm. at least in modern times and in this context and the winter kind of puts it all together where she gets like the like the little fur trim on her all of her outfit like she looks like the picture of someone that could not ever like beat someone to death with a hammer or anything (laughs) like that (laughs) But uh, I I don't know. I think it really works, especially because um, you wouldn't have the ice pond thing at all if yeah. it was not the winter. Which I mean, if they just added that at the end, just to be like, oh no, we could totally like make this work. That's awesome, mm-hmm. and that's great use of shit. The weather, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, man, what a dope treehouse that kid has. Like honestly, <laughs> it's got like three floors in it. Um. I did a little Stefan. I was like, this place has everything. Open concept space, multiple floors, porn, <laughs> places to hide evidence. It's got all that shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, don't know. I never had a treehouse as a kid either, so I was like, man, I would have like lived in that thing if I had the chance. Yeah. Especially if I was like, my sister is a psychopath. I'm just going to live away from my family. <laughs> Um, uh, and I, I think that the um, when they destroy it too, like when they actually set up, you know, falling on fire, I'm gonna forgive the CGI fire, just because if they had decided to film that, that'd be probably the single most dangerous thing they could have ever shot with a child ever. Yeah, because <laughs> he's up on it, up like with a long drop, and there's like. Like, there's no way they could, like, regulate any of that in a safe way. So mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them the pass on... Well, yeah, especially the if the weather conditions had just changed. They couldn't... Mm-hmm. There's so much more to account for. Right. On that note, too, there's just a lot of... Like, it, it, it sort of makes me uncomfortable now that I'm older. But, like, the amount of tension in the movie comes a lot from, like, kids in danger. Mm-hmm. Like, there's... There's just so many times that I'm like, I just, kids are in trouble and adults are not seeing it. And I'm like, someone just, some, literally any adult, just please stop them from, from doing whatever they're doing. Um, I don't know. I mean, JC, you work with children. Is that not something that you're also yeah, like viscerally responding to? Yeah, I was really on edge. Like, you're like, I don't know. The mom and the dad, I guess, were just so, like, trusting of Esther. Like, they just let her take Max and, like, go outside and yeah. do whatever they want. And, like... Like, God knows where they are. <laughs> yeah, like... Well, and especially, like, adopting kids. Like, you don't know where they came from. Like, you don't know what they're capable of. Mm-hmm. And then she was... They were just so trusting. That just... That just sent me over the edge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, like, this isn't the 80s when kids could just kind of go off and be home by dinner. This was in the yeah, age this is of a the 2000s. Yeah. Also, like, she's a special needs child. Like, she's right. deaf, and you just let her just go. Yeah. Right. I, it's man. just a free-for-all. Like, Well, and I found out that, that the actress that is Max, she actually is deaf. She uses cochlear implants mm-hmm. to hear. Um, I just love when they have 
uh, deaf people in horror in general because mm-hmm. it does present all of these horrifying possibilities, like when she's in a car and can't call for help. Or, you know, if she removes her cochlear implants, like when she goes to bed, she can't hear her stab her father to death. Or any of those type of things where it's it's a, it's a person that's vulnerable, but in this case has been, like, insulated because Esther is, like, using her for something mm-hmm. uh, until she decides that she doesn't want to. It is very, very scary <laughs> to think about that, yeah. I guess I will give the mom, like, the benefit of the doubt because I feel like she knew... But when she questioned both of both Max and Daniel, like they both denied anything. Oh yeah. Oh so, yeah. So like, I don't know. I feel like she was making an attempt to like be like, "Are you guys safe?" But I don't know. All right. And at that point, I think she had gone past her like normal fears of is Esther dangerous? She's like, she definitely is. I just don't know how dangerous or if she's endangered my children. Yeah. And Esther is two steps ahead and has already gotten to both of them. So, like, Daniel's a better liar because he's, like, 12. Mm-hmm. But she, like, looks at Max, like, is there anything? Uh, is she, did she threaten you? Are you sure? And again, she, like, on her face is like, yes! <laughs> but no! It kind of makes me laugh, though, because I feel like the mom knew the moment that she was, like, yeah, it's called fucking. Yeah, they fuck. And it's like, whoa. <laughs> Wait a mom, minute. That was the moment that the mom was like, hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. All of the things. Like, that was it. <laughs> that just made me laugh. She did that thing you were just talking about where it was, Wait, we don't actually know, like, anything about her. Should we find that out? <laughs> like, that was the time she went. Okay, huh. we're missing something here. Could she might have? Because then the dad's like, yeah, she could have picked it up at school. And I'm like. Or she already knew what it meant because you didn't do any background checks on her. Um, speaking of school, how the hell does Esther not just beat children to death constantly? We see in some loose, I guess, like writer's idea of what a personality disorder is that she cannot control her violent impulses except when she can. Mm-hmm. So, like, she'll lash out against herself or, or when no one is there. But she's calculating when it comes to people. Like, that girl gives her a little bit of shit once. And then she just Terminator visions. I'm going to kill you. Like, yeah. somehow I'm going to do it. Like, that's the... Yep, you're on the list now. <laughs> so she's just probably got a long Santa's list of every child in the school that she's going to try to kill. <laughs> And she just got to her first. Mm. Oh my god. No. I came with the Santa list of children. <laughs> I, have a, I have a strong inclination that she doesn't take slights very well. So anytime anyone is mean to her ever, she's marked them for death. And people are mean to her a lot. Because she kind of does weird not... Things. Yeah, she's, she's weird. Okay? <laughs> she's a weird child. If she was a child at all, she'd be weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah, to that kid just say, fuck, I was very <laughs> caught off guard. <laughs> like, wait a minute, what? Because I always think that that's a real child. Like, the actor is, like, actually a child who, like, has to say all of these things and, like, do all of these things. And, like, their parents are there and, like, everyone knows they're not actually, like, a Satan spawn. So, like, how do you 
shoot that? Like, how do you go, like, okay, like, you're going to have to say the F word. Is, like, is that okay? And, like, are you more afraid when kids are like, oh, okay, sure. And, like, they have no problem. Like, how is that? So, here, <laughs> so here's what I've gathered from some of my um, research on kids filming movies like this. You've done research? I've, I've read a bunch of stuff oh, about okay. movies like this where kids have to, like, swear on camera. They are always just so excited because they get to oh, swear yeah. in front of their parents and they can't get in trouble for it. I would be the most yeah. excited ever. I would add stuff and be like, well, I was in character. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just think that sometimes though, there's got to be kids that like hate doing it. Like they hate it that they like have to say it or whatever. Um, and like you're like got to coach them. I'm like I know you. I know it's a bad word, but like you're supposed to be evil. That would have been me as a kid. You wouldn't I have been able to do it. Oh man, well, you wouldn't have been able to do this at no. all. I think I was reading about uh, Kick-Ass with Chloe Grace Moretz, where in her first mm-hmm. audition, she didn't want to curse at all. But then when her mom yeah. gave her the okay when they were filming, she was like, all right, I'm just going to go hand. Yeah, her mom was like, you should make it where she says the C word. And I'm like, God, mom, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, I had to say that same thing in a play in college. I'm a grown-ass man. My mom came to see it, and I'm like, Mom, before I do this, I gotta tell you, I ha- I'm saying this word like tw- at least twice, and it's not something I can just kind of like step over. It's like the point of the sentence, so I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would just feel, hey, I'd be the same thing, Jason. I'd just be like, I'm sorry, I don't, I'm, I don't mean to do it. <laughs> um, okay, Danny, I need backup on this. Okay, Peter Sarsgaard is not attractive. I knew that you would be no, on, on this board with me, but I'm like, I need you to tell me that. He's not. How is he cleaning up every, like everybody? He's got Vera Farmiga, who is a woman that loves him implicitly. Mm-hmm. He cheated on her at least once. So there's that. Yeah. This like, head of the PTA committee is trying to get him to quote unquote move a chair. <laughs> And a 30-year-old dangerous psychopath also wants to fuck. How is... What is he doing? I don't understand. <laughs> like, the whole time, I'm like, he's not good-looking. He's not really all that charming. He, he doesn't really have... Like, he's he, an architect. He doesn't like, even have, like, the himbo energy. Yeah. <laughs> the himbo energy. No, like, he doesn't even fit that criteria. Because he's, he's just dumb, but not in, like, a good way. <laughs> Yeah, he's dumb, but like it's not like, hey man, I still care about you. He was like, you're insane. I'm gonna take the kids and leave. Yeah. Like that's not charming. That's not like, oh, is it my husband stupid? Like, no, no. Yeah. He's... <laughs> yeah, like when they're like, hey, maybe should we get the kids to like talk to a psychologist? Like, no. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. No. Like that was the first red flag when he wasn't supportive of therapy. The whole time we were watching the movie. If something would happen, I would say, red flag. <laughs> yep. I was doing that most of this time. I started doing it with Esther, and then, yeah, switched over to the husband. I'm like, wait, no, what has happened? Is he in on this? Yeah. <laughs> like, I couldn't remember, like, if he was, like, I'm like, did the movie get, yeah. Well, part of me thought, like, were they actually sleeping together, like, before, and it wasn't until later when he, like, he found out that she was, and I'm like, that's definitely where it probably originally went. Mm. And I'm like, I'm glad we cut that out. That's disgusting. Uh, um, Jesus. <laughs> I got to shiver. Yeah. 
I don't know if this is mean or not. I think that her cute little Russian accent is kind of stupid. <laughs> okay, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How many times did her accent change, though? Yeah, that's what I thought was interesting. It I didn't know if it was on purpose consistent. or not. Like, was it French? Was it Russian? What was it, really? Because, like, I couldn't keep track. I, I just wrote down, you are my sister. I'm like, there's no way. But sometimes she was talking, like, English. Yeah, she had like a little bit of like a like a yeah like a British thing going on, mm-hmm. and I don't even know if that's like the actress is British or, or I what. I don't know if that's the actress at her age couldn't like hold down a single accent. I mean, it's tough. Or if it was that Esther herself switched her accent with each of the orphanages she went to, that she just now can't stick to one anymore. It's probably also got to be hard as like an adult woman like character wise mm-hmm. who has a ax like an accent like russian where it's very hard to hide and then to try to not only like keep that in check but also like do a little kid voice mm-hmm. so she's trying to like balance the accent with like her childlike voice because towards the end she does drop that and she does just talk like how what however her like adult sound would um but I think that was part of the point uh, was that she was supposed to be losing it or that she just wasn't good or didn't really need to try as much with the deaf kid because she can't hear her accent anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, legitimate spit take when the therapist said nothing was wrong with her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not allowed to talk about why the therapy in this movie was wrong. <laughs> but it was so wrong. Like, I... I like, <laughs> A couple times, I'm like, no, we really can't focus on this. But, like, there was just so many that at the point I'm like, fuck this therapist. A rehabilitation facility? You're an alcoholic. You don't need to be hospitalized. Oh, man. (laughs) That wasn't the point. I truly was just like, I cannot talk about how wrong the therapy is. Yeah, there's a note in here about how Matt is not... Matt gave himself a note. Yeah, I, I literally wrote myself a note, but it. I couldn't do it. Because it was right after she's like, well, we talked to Esther. And she and Mom was like, yeah. And the therapist was like, there's nothing wrong with her. And I spit out my drink. Well, like, what I don't understand is, like, how did they, like, all the dad... Esther and the therapist, like, somehow all team up against the mom? Like, yeah. How does that make any sense? Like, as a therapist, like, wouldn't you want to, like, resolve it together as a family instead of just being like, you're the problem? You would also (laughs) never, like, I've actually done couples counseling now. Like, I've actually been the therapist in a couples counseling session. You never just gang up all of you together on one person. That is the opposite of progress. So, isn't it, like, shouldn't it be, like, the couple and then the kid like yeah well yeah it all depends honestly sometimes they'll bring the kid in and do therapy with them which would have been a bad idea but like i mean like in therapy sessions like shouldn't the therapist like kind of separate the mom and dad from the kid like and because like they're a team the mom and dad are supposed to be like a team so like they should stick together instead of pointing fingers like yeah i mean i already thought it was kind of a bad idea because so character actress margot martindale from Bojack Horseman, I think, right? I don't remember what show that was on, but she, yeah, she plays herself on some animated show, so every time I see her, I just am like, character actress, Marco Martindale. Anyway, so the point, so she's the therapist, um, but she's mom's therapist. Mm-hmm. 
why is dad in the session? And then why is mom's therapist now also seeing this orphan? Like, a therapist is not someone you just throw trouble, like, problematic people in your life at to be like see like it doesn't work that <laughs> way um but yeah <laughs> theoretically that is not how it should work yeah. um yeah but i mean again matt must avoid like my note matt must avoid talking shit about movie therapy because it's not the point of the podcast <laughs> um okay i know it's very creepy and I know it's very, very, like, probably the scariest thing any human being could ever experience is just a, a room full of, like, psychopath drawings in black lights. But it's the, it's the coolest looking scene in the whole movie. Like, the fact that all of her paintings are, like, haunted mansion flipped actual horrible drawings, that's really cool. Specifically the one that's just her orphanage on fire. Because it's very detailed, and I'm like, yeah, this is very twisted, but, like, a real person had to make this, and their concept was, like, what would an evil child draw? And they're like, oh, hell yeah. Yeah. All right, everyone is, like, impaled by chains or whatever, and the whole thing is on fire, and I'm like, all right, that's kind of cool. <laughs> um, but that is, though, when fucking Bumblefuck Dad does finally go, <laughs> oh! Like, it literally needs to... Do I have to draw you a picture? Was literally the yeah. whole thing of like, this is what's happening. Do you understand? Are you on my side? Uh, but it's too late for fucking architect dad. I don't even remember his name because I was too busy being mad at him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Uh, what is his name? I don't know. I'm, I, honestly, I didn't know mom's name until like the end because her like name would pop up on his phone when he was calling. I'm like, Kate. I don't remember a single time he called her that. His name's John. John. I just looked it up. Of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, we've already more or less kind of spoiled it, but we're going to be getting like the end game of the movie, spoiler mm-hmm. territory wise. Um, JC, what was it like seeing that twist for the first time? My heart really just dropped. Like, <laughs> I have no words because I just like. My heart dropped and my head was just like, there's no way. Like, <laughs> what? I, just, I mean, I agree. I like, yeah, I think I think when I first saw it, I was like speechless for a solid like five minutes. Like, I just I, didn't know how to comprehend that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I came into it, I knew vaguely what the ending was about, but the way they explained it was what was so terrifying. Like, it was... Things that, you know, simple background check would help, but it's, they're just so real. Well, and, like, the worst part of it was she was at the house with the dad and Max, and the mom's in the hospital, and so is Daniel, and she gets the call, and, like, she's not home to do anything about it. Like, my heart was, like, racing, because I was like, you have to get home now, like, (laughs) yeah, like, Imagine getting that news and knowing that your child and husband are at the house with this 33-year-old woman that's trying to kill them. I mean, it's some, like, next-level, like, Saw-esque, pull-the-wool-over-your-eyes. So, I think, we, we talked about this earlier this morning, where, like, this movie is, is really good in tension-building-wise, where, like, if you don't know the ending, 
you know right when the movie needs you to know that something is off with the orphan. And then you're trying to, like, figure out what it is. Like, they don't really... They're like, she's violent, but, like, you don't know what her deal is. Mm-hmm. And then as as Kate is kind of figuring out where she actually came from, then it's like... Because she, she calls that, that, like, the hospital, and the only person that speaks English is, like, an orderly, who's like, um, this isn't an orphanage, it's a mental asylum. And then you're like... Oh, so maybe her mom was, like, some insane, deluded woman who, like, just had a baby. And, like, mm-hmm. apparently from what this movie understands about mental illness, it can just transfer like it's a, <laughs> like it's an illness just like that. So, I mean, but that, you know, that would have been a pretty obvious, good ex- explanation, too. Mm-hmm. But then to be like, no, 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 no. She was a patient at this mental institution. And you're like, what, how? She's a child. They're like, that's just it, you idiots. She's not a child. Like, do they just keep giving you more twist that you're like wait what what like it's also cool how they did it because it seemed like every time they found out like big news about her or something like that she was trying to kill somebody like yeah yeah when the nun came to like kind of warn them the the nun gets killed yeah then the mom's on the phone and figures out like she's actually it's this mental hospital and that's when she's trying to kill the son like yeah Every time there's like something going on. Well, and she, they well, have she, moments they like that too. She's a 33 year old woman. She kills a husband. Yeah. Like every big thing that's happening, she kills somebody. And after she lands on her, she realizes when in her cursory reading of what antisocial personality disorder was that one of the symptoms is invulnerability. And then she pops up and then she's alive still. <laughs> so it's the same. <laughs> And I just love the way that they're like, yeah, mentally deranged people are, like, impervious to harm because they're just so crazy. I'm like, sure, whatever. <laughs> Why not? Like, um, once, yeah, once she has her whole, like, I'm an adult woman, and you're like, wait, but, like, how did she hide it? And then they're like, no, this is exactly how she did it. Because then they make a actual 10-year-old girl look like a 30-year-old woman. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, if they could fucking do that, couldn't that totally work the other way around? And yes, it can. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, her like, her like scarves being the like mask for the scars from her straight jacket, the fact that she has like actually like horrible teeth, that the fact that like that she just part. cakes on makeup literally to give herself a more round like cherubic face. Um, when they and they talked about the one of the reasons they cast this specific actress is because she has a perfectly symmetrical face, which apparently is like what they wanted to do. They're like even like the curls of her hair are exactly the same on both sides. And I'm like, oh, stop it! No. <laughs> um, yeah, what about yeah the bullshit dad? Like most of the ending for me, I'm like fuck dad. I can't believe he's like letting her like letting her just like hanging her out to dry. Um, yeah, didn't feel bad that he just got stabbed like a hundred times. Um, but yeah, I, I think that there's, in terms of big reveals, this isn't one you could guess. No. Like, even, like, if you knew going in, like, oh, but, like, yeah, but you're not gonna know how. And you're not gonna know, like, well, what are the things about the scarves? Where did she come from? What is all of this? And... According to her, having just a piece of the puzzle, you're right, gets you murdered before you yeah. get anything else, because that's how she stayed hidden, you know, from For orphanage so long, to orphanage. Yeah. Which I'm sure we'll find a little bit more out in that sequel, which uh, apparently was supposed to come out in January, like at the end of January. 
They shot it in November of 2020. So, like, it's done. It was supposed to come out in January, and it just didn't. And, like, it's not out anywhere. It and hasn't been, like, released it. No. They don't have a new release date for it. Its status is just, it's done, but not out. So, someday, it, it will just be Up there. Here. And I'm going to be like, JC, they made it, finally. <laughs> JC, it's here. They finally did it. Because it's called Orphan First Kill. Because, yeah, it's a, it's a prequel yes. to before this movie. Right. Um, Which I'm sure had to be real fun for the makeup and special effects team to have to de-age the actress about a decade since that much time had passed between movies. And now she had to be look this at least similar, if not the same. Right. I think, though, she's kind of got that child star thing going on where, like, the reason kids tend to get cast in things is either if they're, like, super cute looking or, like, they can emote very well. And normally people that can do that, their faces are kind of, like, the same. Yeah. Like they're, it's like, um, look at uh, Haley Joel Osment. Like, it's just the face of the kid from The Sixth Sense on a man's body now. Uh, and I think with Isabel Furman, it's very similar, where she just looks the same. She like mm-hmm. she, She's just always going to be one of those people that is going to look, like, five years younger than she probably is. So, yeah, especially with digital effects and makeup and... The fact that the character is supposed to be an adult woman, mm-hmm. it's gonna be okay. Um, you guys hear about that case of this exact thing actually happening? What? Not just trying to scare you, but like this actually. Well, happens. you're scaring me. <laughs> like, Same I'm not like the whole thing, but there was a case of someone like it. It was a I don't know if they were like a criminal, like a political prisoner or whatever, trying to get out of uh, Russia. And they disguised themselves as a child because they had pituitary dwarfism. And they falsified documentation to say that they were adopted in another European country. And came to America and lived with a family for several months. I don't remember what she was trying to do. But, like, eventually they did find out that, like, she was this, like, other woman. And everyone was like, wait, holy shit, it's like that movie Orphan. And so I that think happened after this movie. It happened after this. Well, I don't know. I don't. Well, the story came out after the movie. But yeah, everyone was like, "It's like that fucking crazy movie, Orphan." And they're like, "Listen, I know it's funny, but like, really though, it actually did. <laughs> like, it actually happened." That's terrifying. Like, like they caught the woman. Like, everything is fine. Like, it's not like she just went missing or anything. Like, she's in prison somewhere. But like, how wild is that, man? <laughs> like, someone actually can just be like, "No, no, no, I'm." I'm 10. I'm a 10-year-old girl. <laughs> like, no, no, no. Trust me, trust me, please. I need to get out of Russia. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, look that, look that up, man. I, I don't remember when... It was within... That's over crazy. quarantine, actually, I think, is when I heard it, which is when they were making the new movie. Were... It's fucking crazy. That's nuts, man. you have any final thoughts, man? I mean... Well, right now my brain's just kind of fried <laughs> on the fact that this is real. The movie but... <laughs> isn't real. A similar thing happens. It's enough. I don't it's know. Close Maybe enough, she Matt. was like, I could fucking do that. I could pull that off. <laughs> That's what worries me, man. I don't know, man. I mean, at a certain point, <laughs> you gotta respect it. <laughs> I don't know, right? Oh my god. JC, you have anything? Final thoughts? Um, I don't know. Just, like, going back into the movie, like, there were just, like, these two other parts that were so drastic to me. Like, 
The one where she breaks her own arm. Yeah. I avoided that just because it made me really uncomfortable. And then the one where she cuts all the roses. That was extremely like, fucked up. Those were just horrible That's parts right. to me that I just like cringed watching. I hated that last one especially because you could see on her face she knew exactly what oh, she yeah. did. And it was like that was and when the dad yeah. tried to be like, oh well, she's she didn't doing... know. I'm like, come on. She... Another reason I hate him. <laughs> I'm like, you helped. Like you, that this should be bad for you too. Yeah. You know, man, you should leave him. Good thing he's dead. Uh, that thing though, breaking her arm. That's <laughs> so fucking that was awful. Seriously, so bad. Because I was trying to figure out what she was doing. Because she like wrapped up a screwdriver mm-hmm. like handle mm-hmm. and put it in her mouth, and I'm like, okay, well she has to go to the dentist, so she's trying to like. Fuck up the grooves in her teeth so that they don't, like, Match show. Yeah, exactly. Records. But I realized that they would have been like, um, you're wearing, like, fake teeth. <laughs> like, I didn't, I didn't, again, I didn't remember it. But, yeah, just to see her put her arm in this place, I'm like, wait, what is, what are you doing? Why? What? It, please stop it. <laughs> like, I even knew it was coming this second time I watched it, and I still was like, like. Well, yeah, and the fact that it's, that is a calculated move to blame oh, yeah. the mom is just so fucked up. It's it's like, extreme the levels of that. Right there, like there is no way her grabbing her arm like that broke her arm. Like he mm-hmm. was right there. Yeah, I mean. And then she's like sleeping in their bed, and he tells the mom to sleep on the couch. Divorce. <laughs> yeah. Get out. There is a bit like one of the first times that she was there uh when because she likes to watch them have sex because she's a creepy child <laughs> so she the one of the first times she did that it was like during that storm and she got max like oh we're gonna sleep side. yeah and i'm like oh because he's probably aroused and i'm like no she big spooned him but is that not worse big spooning your father when he's like oh man i was about to my dick sucks. <laughs> or some, I don't know. Oh my There's God. really not a good way to talk about this. The, they did. They made me do this. They, they made this movie, and now we have to talk about it. We've done a great job not talking about it, but we have to address that. And she tries to fuck him. She wants to fuck him. I mean, I'm glad he says no. I'm glad he does one thing right. Yeah. And he's like, hey, now, no. And then when she tries again, he doesn't go like, ah, it's fun. No, he still says, oh, my God, come she on, really John. She took calling him daddy to the next level. Oh, my God. That was God. what I think did it for me is I remembered that she actually, like, really wanted to fuck him. So this time I'm like, oh, stop saying it that way. Because <laughs> she'll look at him, like, with that as her intent, like, several times. But he, like, doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, oh, you can see it in her eyes. And it just made me feel really gross. God, we have to end. Are we ending on that? We have to. I, I guess. We gotta do something else. Remember Guitar Hero? Remember yeah. Guitar Hero? That was a big deal. And this was 2009, right? Yeah. That was. The Guitar Hero was still pretty was legitimate. Hero, like, three World Tour era. Oh, so it was past the point it was actually cool. Because I remember 06 was like Guitar Hero 3. Yeah, it was like the deal. Yeah, I mean, he had it for Christmas, so I'm like, mm, you must not have cool parents if you're just getting it now. Uh, 
really got me wanting to play Guitar Hero. I'll say that. <laughs> I can say that. Is that a better way place to end? I don't know, Danny. Now? Do you want to end on <laughs> what we were going to end on? No, I didn't. I fucking don't. I know JC doesn't. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying my best. <laughs> Which we just end. Thanks so much for coming on, JC. I yes. know uh, probably talked about this movie, did a lot of re-traumatization, but I mean, we needed to like have something that showed the stakes of how much this movie <laughs> sticked with people. Yes. Dan? Uh, do we need to talk about our social medias? Oh, uh, yeah, we do. Follow our Instagram at the underscore square horror podcast. You can reach us at our email, squarehorrorpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we're going to keep trucking with our, uh, what What did you call this series? I like that way better. Uh, grow, uh, growing Up's a Pain? Growing Up's a Pain, I, yeah. I think. Something, something to that something effect. Something along those lines. Yeah. We're, so we're in the middle of that series right now. <laughs> and uh, we're going to keep trucking along. we got a couple yeah. more hits before we get to high school. And then uh, from there, it's going to be pretty open. We only have about two high school movies out of like the five that we've allotted spaces for. So it could be up in the air. Yes. Um, surprisingly enough, a lot of like a lot less movies than you think are about like high school specific horror movies that like aren't something else or something that we haven't already covered. Yeah. So finding movies that are strictly about high school horror that are good enough to watch is yeah. gonna be tough. <laughs> it's gonna be tough. <laughs> um, we got a couple of them. Uh, yeah. I know. I'm really excited to talk about Jennifer's body. Oh, yeah. We're ending our whole thing with that shit, man. I'm so excited. It's going to be great. Um, yeah, that's that's it for us. Um, please background check <laughs> your orphans. I don't know. I like to have a little <laughs> like advice at the end. I don't know. Is there advice to be had? Just be careful. Listen to your wife. Don't trust all of the kids. Well, we've learned that. Man, several, <laughs> several times, times over. over this time. But until next time... Stay spooky out there.